visit our cave hub, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, classic consoles and computers, PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift. Tournaments and competitions, arcade machines are all set to free play. Open Friday, 6pm to 12am, over 18s only. Saturday, 11am to 11pm. And Sunday, 2pm to 10pm. Arcade Club, Ela Mill, Cork Street, Bury, Manchester. BL97BW. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vervic. And I'm Sean Holly, aka In Your Face. Piao, 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 ouch, piao. Uh, Sean Holly. Jazz singer extraordinaire. <laughs> How you doing, Vic? I'm really happy. I've just got back from up your end of the country. You certainly have. And I've, my, my beans have been replenished. I was out of beans and now I'm sort of full of beans again. I've had a nice shower and I'm a bit better. How are you? Replenished. 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 That's a new word. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I've had a nap this afternoon. Had a little sleep. You had to get up early this morning, didn't you? You had a stock check. Yeah, I had a stock take. And then we've had a walk through the woods in the fog this afternoon. Very nice. Very foggy, wasn't it? I woke up this morning in the hotel. I walked out the door. Fog everywhere. I couldn't believe it. What's going on? Fog in the hotel? Yeah, it was fog, fog everywhere. It might have been a fire. <laughs> it might have been. It smelled a bit funny. I'm not sure what was happening there. Anyway, we, we've been together. We've been silly most of the weekend, haven't we? We need to calm down now and yeah. get this podcast sorted. Serious face on, please. We have been very stupid, haven't we? We've yeah. been very silly, yes. Yeah. Anyway, before we get on to the arcade club business, because it's the opening of Arcade Club, the newest, biggest, bestest arcade in the universe, mm. or in our country anyway, uh, we'll get on to that in a minute. But before then, what have you been doing since we talked last on the podcast? Oh, my word. Yeah, I've been helping out at Arcade Club for the last two weeks, trying to get it all ready for the opening night. Indeed it And it's was. been tiring, but mm. very enjoyable. And the highlight of which was one night balancing on a scissor lift 30 metres up in the air, trying to push an Outrun Deluxe through the Arcade Club fire escape in the rain. That sounds um, interesting. It's a bit scary, me. It's You're all right, though. Yeah, I know. I saw it. I saw the saw the game in there, so it's got been good. Cool. And it's wor- and it still works. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what else have I been doing? Oh yes, I visited Namco Fun Funscape at the Trafford Centre in Manchester. Any good? It's it's decent. It's got all the all the new games that I sort of know of at the moment. The biggest titles. Yeah. And we have a couple of minutes of audio here, which will demonstrate my wife's obsession for minions. Yes, she does like a minion. Yeah, it's got a bit mad on minions. Here we are. Hello, I'm at the Namco Funscape Arcade at the Trafford Centre. Just looking at all the new machines here. We've got Max Storm, which is the pre-runner to Star Wars Battle Pod. We've got Star Wars Battle Pod, which is looking very nice. Transformers Human Alliance, which is a big sit-down on-rails gun game. Time Crisis 5 Mastermind Edition with the new stages. And there's an FX simulation thing, which I think is just a ride that you sit inside and press your choice of ride. That Jurassic Park Arcade sit down. Grid race leader. Two full-size cabs. That Typhoon ride thing. Dead Storm Pirates sit down. 
Superbikes 2, two machines, Outrun 2 SP, four full-size cabs, Aliens Armageddon, I think that's brand new, I've just had a go at that, it's a decent on-rail shooter. Mario Kart Arcade GPDX, that's a catchy name isn't it? Another one of the Mario Kart Arcade games, I think that's the most recent one. That Redemption game, Barrel of Monkeys. Fishbowl Frenzy Redemption, which looks really nice. Kind of a holographic effect going on on that. Plants vs Zombies. That's another Redemption game with a weird shooting... Cannon! Cannon. Lots of the normal coin pushes and stuff. Deal or no deal. Speed of light, that weird dance thing. Dance Dance Revolution X2. Pac-Man Smash, that air hockey with loads of pucks. Loads of pucks on the table at one. God, minion push, don't let why I seem that. Minion push. Can't steal that, it's a big plastic minion. And that's it, that's all the videos in here. Excellent. Not really my sort of thing, but uh, it sounds interesting. Nice to have an arcade near you, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. If you want to play the brand new stuff, it's all there. So mm, Excellent. Mm. Well, I've been doing a lot, really. I've been too busy with work. There's a guy away at work, so I've been in charge, really. I've been running around getting things done for other people, sort of looking after other people. So i not had a lot of time in the arcade, but I have, I have nipped in there. I've sneaked in there a few nights, and I tidied the place up. It needed it, really. I just want to get everything working and get all the other rubbish and bits and tools out of the way. So it's just got arcade machines in there to play. Yeah. And I popped some games in my ponies. I changed over my horizontal one to put Kung Fu Master in there. Yeah. Because earlier on, I was actually checking out the Jamacon. I got my Mega Drive in there, and it works a treat. It's yeah. really good. I did a bit of a video for it as well. I need to edit it up, and we'll put it on our video YouTube channel when I get that done. It's only a short video. Yeah. Saw a sneak preview of it. It looks very good. Yeah, it's, it's actually a real fun piece of kit, and it's very simple to use as well. I need to try and get hold of some more consoles. A friend of mine's got some I can borrow to test out some more, because I'm doing a bit of a test for the person who made it. But so far, excellent piece of kit. Awesome. In, in the vertical machine, I put uh, a two-player panel on there to play Rescue, because you need two joysticks for it. Sarge sorted my Rescue out for me. And it works a treat. I've had loads of games on it. It's been really, really good. But it's set to difficult. And because it's, it's been put onto another kind of board, it's um, a licensed version, I can't find the proper dip switches for it because it's different dip switches. And I want right. to turn it to... Because I played the version in MAME and it's really easy. And my version is rock hard. They fire the bullets at you a million miles an hour, possibly faster. Right. Um, oh. So I've got some other games in there now. Which is nice to have some games actually back in there, because there wasn't any in there for a while. I was sort of mucking about testing things. But now I've got proper games in there, and they're staying there for a while. I also got in the back of Jet Fighter, because I got me boards back off mine. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I've got to rewire the edge connector in there, and get some new power wiring to a switching power supply as well, because I'm using DC rather than AC now. But yeah. I sort of looked at it and thought, I better not start this now. It's taken me all night to do this, because quite a lot of work to do, which has been damaged. Uh, I thought I'll leave that until a later date, and I need to test the monitor as well because I've not even seen if the monitor's work works yet or not. I don't know. I may have to replace it with an old TV. Yeah, being a black and white one. That's what I've been doing uh, the past week. But let's get onto the meat and potatoes of this podcast and what we've been doing. What were we doing yesterday night? Well, first off, we split our night into two parts: mm-hmm. part one and part two. Part one, we went to the Bat Cave in Blackburn. Yeah. Me, you, Mr. Tronads, 
and Sarge, my little wingman who came with me up on the on the trip to North. Uh, Mr. Silver Socks, Silver Silver Socks. He's got Silver Socks. I thought he was going to call him Silver Sausage for a minute. Then. Silver Sausage Sarge. Yeah, and we've got three minutes of audio here. Hello, this is Sean in your face, Holly, at, at the Bat Cave, as normal, and I have a special guest with me. What's your name, sir? Victor Marlin, aka In Your Face with loads of Haribo in my chops. <laughs> Just spat in me eye. Right. You deserve everything you get, sir. <laughs> Bloody hell. Right, we're going to have a look around at all the games. What have we got here? Got that Super Mario Brothers 3, I think. On a tiny little PBM monitor, like that. Yeah. Oh, Gu- Dreamcast, a Guilty Gear X. Guilty Gear X on the Dreamcast. Dark Stalkers, one of the Dark Stalkers games. I beat Sarge on it earlier. Yeah, well done. With skill. Because it is a horror theme tonight, it's Halloween. Is it? Yes, indeed. I just thought people were just weird. Just dressing funny, yeah. Me and my mates come around for the place. And um, there's a PS78 over there, I think. Play Combat X. Or Combat 10. And we've got next door Ghosts to and Goblins. On the Saturn, which is quite nice. A bit of Doom going on next to it, which is good. Yeah. House of the Dead, not interesting. House of the Dead 2. No, it's good that. It's a good game. a scary racing game right at the end there. Sega Rally Halloween edition. You can check played earlier. If you put the Konami code in, you get different livery on the cars and you get Halloween livery. Oh my lord. I've made that up. But wouldn't it be good if you could? It would be. This was a game we played earlier, which was really cool. This is a, a, an on, on the wall screen a projector playing Pac Man. Uh, is it Battle Royale on a GameCube? It's, an, it's like an older version of it, isn't it? It's really cool. Three players play the ghosts and one person plays the Batman and they've got to try and get each other and when you get the person you swap controllers so one person yeah. plays the game Boy Advance it's Batman you can see everything and the yeah. ghost can only see a certain part of the screen it is a lot of fun it is loved it and Mr Tronad's one wherever he is yeah, I'm second I was doing Mr Tronad is here Mr Silver Fox is also here as well he is indeed and in that corner we have what is that in the blue corner it's That's some sort of shooty game is it a gal- Galaka go and have a look shall we yeah set of a look We've got two fighting stick threes and a box. And the box has got Samsung. I think it's a little tiny projector, isn't it? Oh yeah. That's really cool. And what's this then? What, so what is press it? Press fire, see what happens. Yeah. This press is... fire, see what happens. What's the start button? Top right. We don't really know what we're doing. Oh, this is Superstar Soldier, isn't it? Oh, this is nice. Caravan oh, mode, maybe. Oh, Caravans? None of us are shooting anything. I can't shoot because I'm speaking into this. You are. So Go on, you've got it. Yeah, yeah. Vic, where's the best place to shoot things? In the face, That's I believe. In face. I'm going to shoot things in the face now when I find out what controls are. There you go. Also in the corner, they've got to show me games that are going to be streaming live. I think they're streaming the Darkstalkers tournament live when it starts. I one earlier. And there's going to be a band here tonight, but we're not going to see it because we're off to Arcade Club Come in a minute. To arcade Club. I'm shooting blue rings at my backside. Oops. Oh dear. Mr. Poo all over again. Yes. That's Superstar Soldier, I think. Or uh, Final Soldier. Really, it's the first time I've ever been here. I love the, uh, the feel to the place, all right? Yeah. It's really good. Everyone's enjoying themselves. Playing some consoles downstairs earlier. Some really good games on. Some Neo Geos on the case, Spectrex. Yeah. Really good. PS2s. A- yeah, AES. AES, yeah. Was it an AES? Yeah. Oh, it's nice. No, it wasn't. It's an MVS. MVS in a little... An MGV. Yeah, oh, Yeah, split onto two floors this time because of the band. It's normally all here. Okay. All on one floor. It's good fun, though. I like the Halloween business they put everywhere. It's quite cool. Yeah, bats in the bat cave. I might need some more Haribo in a minute. I don't think my, my energy level is high enough. Okay, we're signing off and we'll speak to you later. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> there was a lot of silliness yes. in there, but a lot of enjoyable silliness. Yeah, that was them Haribos. You went mental after you had I went them, a bit you know? crazy, didn't I? But <laughs> I, I really enjoyed Batcave. It was uh, a lot of uh, 
it was good fun. Mm. So, uh, even though there wasn't many people there, it usually hots up a little bit after we were there because we were in there for a little while. Yeah. And Lewis, Lewis, who's a great guy, who was speaking to us, said, oh, it normally gets a bit busier. I think yeah. he did as well. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We, we played a few games there. And some games I haven't played for a while. And that, that one we played on the GameCube with the Pac-Man. Yeah. That was a great game. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it is good. It's Love a good going back to it multiplayer game. That, yeah, yeah, I really like it. But multiplayer in the same room with people. I, I, I mm. enjoy that a lot. I love it. Mm. So that was the prequel to the night. And then the second part. Part two. We were at the wonderful Arcade Club opening night. Da, 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 <laughs> Where we was wandering around with Mr. Anthony Graham filmed us, thank you very much, wandering around talking about the games, being stupid again, with far too much stupidity, Vic. Far too there much. There was a bit of silliness, but it, it was quite hard work. Yeah. Even though we weren't working. Because uh, we, yeah. we knew we had to do a bit of filming. Because uh, the wonderful Anthony Graham, I think you'll find is, is now his name is. Yeah. I was going to video us doing a big walk round, which we did. We, we talked about and commented on some of the games. There was a lot of them as well, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked to Andy for a bit. I talked to him about, about his, his wonderful arcade club. Yeah. And then we did a bit with... Dan Smash. Dan Smash. Of Dude Quest. Dude Quest. That was quite fun as well. Yeah. Even though people yeah. were trying to put you off while you were trying to answer the questions. Yeah, Mr. Tronads. I was looking at my He's going to get a spank, that scamp. I was looking at my phone for the notes of my five favourite games, because as you know, I can't remember five things. Neither me. Mm. So, as I was looking at my phone, Tronads rang the phone. <laughs> He's a monkey in. And then Tony Doyle was put, put his flash on his camera, was flashing in my glasses. Yes, them two are going to yeah. get a smack, I think. Yeah, Naughty. a spank. But we, yeah, we sort of were busy, and I was trying to get onto some games, because there's a load of games I wanted to play there. And Mr Tronads threw down the gauntlet to me as well, and said, oh, I'm doing quite well on, on Dig Dug. I was like, no. I'm not going to allow that. No, 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 no. And they had a full-size gaunt, uh, full-size dig dug there as well. Yes. Which was quite nice because the one I was used to is a wood-sided one like mine, which I think mm-hmm. belongs to RGP James. But this is Andy's one yeah. for Arcade Club. And it's a full-size one, which is nice to play. Uh, I don't think I've ever played on a full-size one before. It's always been a, a, a Euro one for me. Right. And that was in the classic section. But when we first got there, the classic section was in darkness. <gasps> mm. Because they had a little bit of a problem with the, a phase, I think. That their electrics were going through a phase, that annoying mm. phase. But I went with, through a difficult phase. A in difficult teens. phase, yeah. yeah. Within about 10 minutes we were there, they were all on again. Mm. No problem at all, everything was back to normal. I think one of the pinball guys helped out with the, some electrical wizardry in a cabinet somewhere, I don't know. Mm. And it was all lovely. Uh, the place is massive, isn't it? It's really big. It is, it's huge, yeah, it's great. A and the bar area the is brilliant as well. A it's nice re- little relaxing area. Yeah. Really, really cool there. I like that a lot. And I, I tell you one thing, I, I what was quite good is the the price of the stuff at the bar was really 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 well done. Yeah, yeah, nothing expensive. I was expecting it to be a bit more expensive, but then again, I'd been on the service stations on the way up, and I was being ripped off left, right, and centre. Yeah, so I was sort of expecting that, but none of that there. It was all really, reasonable prices up re- north, lad. Reasonable prices up north. Uh-huh. So we did have a walk round of Arcade Club as well, and it took us a while, didn't it, to walk round. Yeah, poor Anthony was luff, luff, lufting that camera around. He was lufting that camera around, yeah. It's Heavy hard camera. Work, hard work lufting. Yeah. I think it's like 25 kilos or something, you know. Yeah. It's something like that. He must have arms of a gladiator to lift that thing around. Yeah. So well done him anyway. It was good fun. Yeah. Well, we'll see how good it is when he edits it and uh, makes us look better than we actually are, probably. A bit, bit slimmer, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. You can, you can Photoshop us up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And then we started playing some games. Um, what, what highlights were you in the, for the game section? Oh, it's got to be the featured game. Really? 
Yeah. No, no, it's not. It, <laughs> no, it would wasn't. be. If you say 1942, I'm going to smack you. I didn't play it. I did. I did. I'm purposefully not playing it because I want to finish it on my own cab. Mm, that's a good uh, one, yeah. Yeah, whenever I get time. Well, let's just have a quick aside about 1942. Remember when, yes. we, play, when we played 1942 for the review? Yes. Because you whined on about it for so long you wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't very good at it. I didn't do very well at all. And I got a bit miffed because I just, I just forgot how to play it. Yeah. And I played it at your house. And my first game, I got about 200,000 on it. Which is quite good for yeah. me. Yeah, it, I mean, that's you got rubbish decent for you. scores. Yeah, I was getting scores. some reasonable scores, I thought. And I thought, what's mm. going on here? And excuses, excuses. I think what it is, is while I was playing on my Naomi with a 29-inch screen, mm. it was horizontal, so it's slightly smaller than 29, but obviously vertical on a horizontal screen. It's still quite a big screen. And it being quite an upright screen, I don't think I was sitting back far enough and seeing the full picture. Yeah. And, and wasn't yeah. seeing things coming at me. Because I was getting just shot left, right and centre. I wasn't doing very well at all. Played on your cab, beautiful. Mm. It's a really nice cab to play it on. I like your cab. It is cab. good. Yeah. It's a good little thing, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. then but after you left Arcade Clubs, spinning on through the night a bit, Sarge and I stayed on for another hour because we thought, oh, we'll just walk two, two miles back to the, to the thing to have another hour at Arcade Club, which was worth it, I thought. And I yeah. played on the, the, they had a 1942 in a Goliath machine there as well, vertical. Mm. And I did 219,000 on that as well. Well done. So I've got a feeling it's it's playing standing up on a smaller screen is better for me. Mm. So I'm really into it again. I'm back into 1940, even though... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I was getting into that as well, actually, because your, your machine, is, is the, the volume is quite low. Yes, it's set very low, yeah, so it doesn't drive wife mad. Yeah. Yeah, it would drive you mad after a while, especially if you're not playing it yourself. But when I was playing it, I actually missed the, the beeps and the whistles and the, the typewriters falling downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> quite enjoyed it so I am officially yeah. back into 1942 and my new goal is 300,000 I think you can do that I think I, think I will yeah, I think because I've never seen the first big aeroplane you know the big boss yeah on level ooh, what number is it it's level 26 but that it counts backwards from 32 doesn't it yeah so, so 32 yeah it's about 6 16 so. I'm, I think I'm nearly there so if mm. I can get to that I'll be really pleased I'll duff him up Mm. With my berms and the missiles. Your berms. The highlight for me was asteroids again, as usual. And they've got now three versions. Three asteroids. That's just two, greedy, isn't it? Two stand-ups and then a cocktail in the bar area. Yeah, the cocktail was quite fun. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we was actually sat there with, well, not exactly a cocktail, but a drink, playing it. Yes, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, sir. Yes. Not that we needed any more E-numbers or anything. Oh, God, no. Not that night. Uh, I think the highlights for me, I was playing Dig Dug for a little while because I would not allow Tronads to beat my score, and I didn't. <laughs> In your face, Tronads. <laughs> Give me one of them for that. Bing. And I played Starcastle as well. Mm. I thought it was okay. I, I quite liked it, actually. I, I mean, I, did, I only had a few games on it because it came towards the end of the night, and I had a few games on it, and I thought it was quite... I liked this, the way the screen was because it's obviously a vector game. And yeah. It was a little bit blurred, which I liked. Uh, it might have been because of the um, the overlays, you know, overlay, the, the yeah. coloured overlays on there, but they work quite well, and I did quite enjoy the game. Um, I wasn't very good at it. I need a bit more practice, maybe, but I like it on a proper cab. Yeah. Have you seen it? We've just, just before we've gone to recording, we've got some feedback from Alpha One, who's given me a bit of a ticking off oh, for, yeah. for dissing Starcastle on the previous podcast. <laughs> oh Well, I didn't diss it. It wasn't mm. me, all. It was him. All him. It's something I've got to get used to, I think, but... Yeah, it's not doing it for me at the minute, that game. 
I like the cabinet as well. It's a similar shape to um, maybe a Frogger. Yeah. It's sort of that. It's not the same manufacturer, but it's a very similar sort of shape. I, I like also, the marquee. The marquee's lovely. I also got into Centipede on a full-size upright machine. And yes. the Centipede there is so smooth. The screen is really nice and bright, and the there's no play in the trackball whatsoever. And I was yeah. playing it and playing it. I wasn't doing very well, and I kept playing I thought, right, I'm going to get on the high score table. And I actually did in the end. I think like 26,000. That's not bad. That's which is very bad. good very good for me. I mean, normally yeah. I'm about 7,000. I'm rubbish at it. But I was getting into it, and I was sort of learning the mechanics of the game a little bit. I mm. really want a centipede now, or at least a cabinet I can play on with a trackball. Yeah. And we got some news about that a little bit later on in pickups. I may yeah. be getting something, not not exactly a centipede, I like a centipede, but something I can play centipede on at least. Caterpillar from the garden. Yes, one of them, with a joystick mm. attached to it. <laughs> that do. Any any other stuff you, you particularly like there? I mean, I was, I was just sport, I was like a kid in a sweet shop, I was sport for choice. Yeah, the thing I always like is meeting the people. Yet again, I must have spent 70% of the time talking to other people. But a couple of people I haven't met before, like Bobby Idod. Yep. um, A guy called Martin. I have met him before, but this is the first time I've had a really decent chat. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few others, yeah, really good. Yeah, we'll get that in the shout-outs, actually. I, I, Mm. I purposely didn't not speak to people. But I wanted to play some games because usually when we go to mm. events, I've, tra- I've travelled like two hundred miles to get there. Yeah, and you got to stay overnight and go back again. It's a bit of a bind, but well worth it. Definitely well worth the travel up there. But I actually wanted to play some damn games for a change, and we had, we <laughs> had to do we had to do a load of things for the podcast. You know, we did some recording, which was fun. We talked to Andy, which was fun. I talked to Andy privately as well, which was a lot of fun. Tell asked him a few questions and talked to Gaynor and loads of other people, Tony Doyle. It was all good fun. But I actually wanted to get on the games. I was like, I need to go mm-hmm. and play these games because there's some I haven't ever played before and I wanted to get on them. And some of them oh, there's so many games to play. I mean there was doubles and trebles of certain games as well. And I was just yeah. looking at some of them. I, I actually played you know you said about that Commodore sixty four game that was like Grid Runner. Green Runner and Red Runner, yeah. I played that and I liked it. It was it a lot is of fun. good. It's a good yeah. little thing, isn't it? And awesome music, great little cartridge. It flashes green and red at the back of the Yeah, because next to the actual Commodore 64 was the actual box it came in. Because it yeah. actually comes in a really nice presented um, sort of like video case box. Yeah. I really like stuff. like When people go that extra mile to make something a bit more presentate, presentable to double the ball, <laughs> that's probably a word. Yeah. The presentation, it, it does really well. I liked it a lot. Mm, I'm trying to think of some of the games I played uh, I did well on I did I nearly beat the Frogger score I was playing Frogger and I I did really rubbish and I threw away two lives really early on and I nearly beat the score on one life that was something like 16,500 so if you got got that high I got 16,100 maybe I got number two on the scoreboard with one life I think I've never reached 16 on that in your face in In my face I haven't said that for a while have I just can't shoot anything that's why you can Shoot across the logs with your frog. Oh, a metaphorical shot. Yes. So I played that as well. Uh, what else did I play? I played a bit of Asteroids, actually, as well. And I played a bit of Revenge from Mars pinball. It's the only pinball I played because I really like that one. Yeah. It's one with the rubber aliens flapping about the place. Yeah, see, I'm lucky, you see, because I, I actually could have gone today if I wanted to. Yeah, because you know? you're so close, yeah. Yeah, so all those games, I see them almost every week. You're spoiled for choice, sir. Yeah, there's quite a few new ones now, so I need to go around and look. But yeah. Yeah, I can. I am very spoiled, and I can play 
um, almost every week, yeah. And according to Andy, more coming as well. I know. Calm down. Sorry, yeah. One thing I was going to mention is that when you showed, we was looking around and we saw the Tron machine right in the middle there. And yeah. you said, oh, look up there in the middle. And there was um, a recognizer, a recognizer, a neon yeah. recognizer above it. And I thought, oh, that's a nice touch. It was a bit wonky, mind. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, it was you put it up, didn't you, sir? Yeah, you na- you nailed it, it yeah. to the wall. Yeah. And there was some like green tubes coming out the side of it that were actually lit up with neons inside. I put them up as well. I thought they were really cool. I really liked them. Mm, I like I lights, me. I'm simple. It's not my idea, but I put them up, yeah. yeah really, I think Andy's going to put some um, plasma balls on the end of them. Mm. How cool would that be? Yeah. I Did like you see the skirting balls. board as you walked in on the left that ran all the way along the left side of the arcade up to the top? Did you see that? I didn't really look at the skirting board, no. I painted that. I was too busy looking at arcade machines. <laughs> I, was, I was like a kid in a sweet shop, honestly. There were so many cool things there. And they're all original cabinets. Uh, I think Andy said on the video, which will probably come out later on, everything is original. Original screen, no LCDs, none of that business. All original screens, all original hardware inside. I think the only thing they've retrofitted is maybe some uh, LED bulbs in the marquees because the old bulbs ruin the marquees. They sort of take the paint off the back of them. That's the only thing modern they've put in in these games. I think the most modern game was, is it 2004? Which is... Uh, Is it Outrun... Two, yeah, one of those new games which are really popular. Right now. They're cool games, mm. and then, then they have all the, mm. all the PS4s and the stuff they're going to use for tournaments as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, they? that's that's yeah. the uh, the sort of console area because it's caters for everyone, yeah, I mean, young and old alike. I mean, there's there loads of kids running around the place enjoying themselves as well, as well as those old duffers, yeah. I think they'll be able to use it for almost like a function area, you know. And then I think it's big enough to do that, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. they do as well. So, onward and upward, yes, for arcade club. Good luck, lads mm. and girls. Right, let's do some arcade news from around the world and local areas. We have lots. We do. First one from Arcade Hero site, the very, very, very good Arcade Hero site that has all the news before anybody else because they've got so many um, insider contacts now, really. And then we steal it. Yeah, we'll just steal it, blatantly steal it. Thank you very much, them. Their, their site is brilliant. Go and have a look. Have a look I did interview Madam Pratt. He's such a nice guy. He's very good, yeah. Bandai Namco unveils Real Drive at the Tokyo Motor Show. This is another game. It's a driving game that uses the same technology, that domed screen, yeah. as Star Wars Battle Pod and Max Storm. Awesome. Mm. It really, really gets you in the game, the huge screens that sort of go around you. I was looking for one of these in London. I was hoping they'd have one of the games, maybe the Pod or the Transformers game or that other one you mentioned yeah. in the newer arcades. And I haven't found one yet because I really want to experience that, that domed screen. I mm-hmm. saw those in Japan years ago when I went on my honeymoon, like five years ago. But they had, I'm not sure it's the same kind of technology, but it, the whole thing sort of engulfs you. But these were sort of um, Gundam games. You know the, the mech robot uh, games, yeah, which are yeah big they're in Japan. very popular. Over I didn't. There, I, I looked. I sort of looked in them when people were playing them, and they, they were all linked together, so they're playing each other. Yeah, and they do look really immersive. They look a lot of fun, but it's not really my thing. I'm not sure if I'm into that, but they look really cool. Mm, they do look good. Next bit of news: Gallagher is returning to the arcade, but not as we know it. Gallagher. Gallagher assault. Assault. Yep, so Gallagher this, this, with some salt. Gallagher, so, salty Gallagher. Salted you Gallagher. Like some salt in your Gallagher, sir. Yes, it's a, a flipping word. 
come down. So this is something that of interest for Gallagher fans. I'm reading off of Arcade Heroes. Yeah. Gallagher Assault, a new Redemption title. So oh, it's is a ticket, it? ticket job that is listed on the Namco Bandai UK website. Oh, cool. We're going to get it, are we? Mm. It's, it's a unique version of the original classic. The cab actually looks pretty good. I like it. It's by Raw Thrill, so it's Eugene Jarvis's company. Oh, even better. But it does look good. I bet that screen is huge. Mm. But it looks like proper Gallagher, doesn't it? Yeah. Is it joystick and buttons? I presume it is. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a timed game and you get the maximum amount of of points and it spits out tickets, I think. Well, what you do, right, is you go in, you put your money in, you have a really nice game of Gallagher, you take the tickets to the nearest bin, pop it in there. Lovely. Recycling. If you've got over 400 tickets, you can get one of them little refreshers. Oh, that'd be nice. One of them little refresher sweets. Ooh, lovely. They're eight pence. On the same site, I noticed when I was looking at these uh, these videos you'd sent me, uh, there's a game co- called Skull Girls. Yeah. And beautiful art style cell shaded gorgeousness, but a 2D bonkers mad Japanese fighting game. Really, really quick. With I can't ladies. believe how quick it is. All yeah. ladies you've got to play. Some really mad looking ones. Well, but the art style is beautiful. I might have to get a poster of this from arcade room, you know. Yeah, the Japanese players, I think they've got, on the fighters, I think they've got to the, the, the level of talent now where the speed of the action is just so incredibly quick. Yeah. I just, I couldn't even keep up with watching it. I couldn't even figure out what was going on watching it. I, I really enjoyed the video watching it because it showed yeah. the different characters and all the different special skills and they're, they're really, really imaginative. Mm. Absolutely awesome. Yep, this next one. Is not from Arcade Heroes. <laughs> no, old school as well. Proper it's from a website school. called Mashable.com. And mm-hmm. it's some photos of a 1968 arcade called Wonderland. Mm. This was doing the rounds on Twitter as well. I think Carrington, yeah. Vanston and Quinn Dunkey have been posting this on, on Twitter. Um, I've got it from somewhere, yeah. Mm. And it's this American arcade from 1968. And you've got all the very old pinballs and all these kind of electromechanical baseball games. And it's really interesting to look at. It looks so cool. It's very Americana. And I like yeah. that old school Americana. Those God Target games. and Beautiful. Yeah. And the picture that I think they posted on for the, 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 the gallery on Twitter was a really old sort of like sleek car outside the, the arcade. And it looks out of a film. It's amazing. Really yeah. like that, that feature. For one cent. One can, whole cent, sir. You can get a personality indicator or a love meter reading. Is it just say idiot on it? No. A, a little story of paper just comes out saying loser. <laughs> <laughs> the next uh, one is the Sky Cursor airframe hardware working prototype. Yes. Our friends from Sky Cursor are posting these out to arcades now as we speak. Yes. And they're playing them. They've got the first two levels fully complete. And when they bring new levels out, they're going to be upgradable via a USB stick. Mm. Automatically off of a USB stick. Absolutely brilliant. I love this. And the airframe is like a really cool sort of box with a jammer edge connector. Really like it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be possibly the future of arcades, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to talk to Andy about this and try and persuade him to get one. Yeah. I'd love to see that in an arcade, in arcade club. I'd have to go up again. That's another 200 miles. Oh, what am I doing? No, just move closer. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. Yeah. hard to get to work, though. Well, yeah, well, you don't have to work a lot, do you? Just... Pop in a couple of times a week. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, 
the next one. Remember last time we were talking about that strange Sonic game that you actually took a photo of you sat in in yes, Japan? Yes, the little, the little kid's um, driving game, yeah. Yeah, well, Darren from Retro Domination has found another one. Oh. And it's an obscure Sonic game. You play it for a little bit, and it's linked to a popcorn machine. <laughs> Are you making this up? No, it's on a site called SegaNerds.com. Okay. And it says, back in 1993, I better not do that accent, Sega released a cute Sonic-themed popcorn vending machine that dispensed three different kinds of popcorn flavours. Okay. While the machine popped your popcorn, you were prompted to play a minigame where Sonic made some popcorn himself. It's kind of like a chase, a, a very basic chase game with Eggman after you, you know. Okay. Robotnik, even. Well, if you're going to find anything about Sega popcorn machines, I think www.saganerds.com is the place to go. Do you? Mm, yeah. Hmm. Another one I saw, I reminded you of, I don't think you, you've seen this, is a game called Nave. Yeah, it's an, it Argent- it's an Argentinian-made uh, game. And it's by, well, almost by a bunch of artists, I'd say. And they made this game. It's a black and white game where it's a shoot 'em up, a vertical shooter, only in black and white, no grayscale, just white and black graphics. Yeah. And when you shoot things, your ship gets bigger and it gets massive, as big as the screen. And I think the idea is it's a very speedy game. You got and every time you get hit, you get smaller. You've got to get as big as you can. Yeah. But the unique thing they did about it is it did not release the game to the public at all. What they did is they put it in an arcade cabinet and they made, and the side art on it is absolutely beautiful. We yes. might have to do that one day as Art of Side Art. It's a really gorgeous cap in black and white, but the, the actual artwork on it is amazing. And what they do, and I don't know how they fund it, and I don't care, I hope they come to the UK though, is they take it round the world with them to different places and just let people play it. Right. That's how they get their game out. Old school. Instead of like sending an email, they just send a pigeon. <laughs> Snail mail. Pigeon Basically, mail. Basically, yeah. Mm. And that's it, I think, for the arcade news for this episode. Pickups! Yay! Have you got any? No! Have I? Yay! Not really. Oh. I'm getting one next week. I've only got one pickup, and it was a virtual download. I mm-hmm. found out from Adrian, our friend Adrian, he sent me a message that on the iOS store... You could get um, Mushi Himasama by Cave for free on iOS. So I quickly downloaded it on my phone and on my iPad. And it mm. plays like a dream. Yes, and I played it, didn't I, yesterday? If you've got an Apple device of some sort, go get it quick. It's free. And it won't be free forever, so go and get it now. Mm, good game. Good game. Good game. <laughs> How about do some feedback then? Simon Den who I will see next week, hopefully. I'm a bit behind on the podcast, but quickly catching up. I am Jimmy and Simon discussing Jaffa Cakes. Yes, it's a bit, a bit of a... A bit of biscuit bit, news. Yes, yes. The, the whole, whole Jaffa Cake stroke Jama, Jaffa Biscuit... Jamma Biscuits, maybe. That'd do, wouldn't it? That'd be nice. Debacle was cleared up back in 1991. HMRC went after McVitie's for non-payment of VAT. VAT is payable on chocolate-covered biscuits, but not on chocolate-covered cakes. The tribunal ruled in favour of McVitie's. They concluded that Jaffa cakes and cakes are not biscuits. Cake or death? Uh, cake, please. If I remember, the clencher was down to what happens when they go stale. Biscuits go soft when stale, and cakes go hard. Case closed. What happens when Jaffa cakes go stale wasn't the only de- deciding factor, but was a major one. 
Others were ingredients texture and that sponge was a substantial part. So it wasn't just me that got confused about Jaffa cakes being biscuits or cakes, you see. Yeah. It went to court. It got that important. It did. Guilty. Yeah. Send him down. Guilty cake. And one last bit of uh, biscuit news, because we have to get onto arcade stuff, really. I, my wife sent this to me, because she knows how much I like biscuits on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, this was from the Guardian website. And you know how she likes her boring biscuits, as you do? The ones without chocolate on, which are not really biscuits. They're just a poor man's dust glued together with <laughs> with fear and apathy. <laughs> right? They're not, they're not. They're classics. They're not boring. They're this classic. is... Like arcades. This is a excerpt from uh, a Guardian website. Hang on. Bourbons are asteroids. Chocolate-covered hobnobs are blasteroids. How do you like them apples, Marlon? I don't think so. Let me read you about Bristol. Oh, okay. Now, Bristol, for those people who aren't in the UK, is in the southwest of the country. Bristol's biscuit of choice is the rich tea biscuit, which makes me never want to visit Bristol in my life. Bristol's favourite biscuit, out of all the biscuits, remember, on earth, is the rich tea, which is the sickly pale cousin of the plain digestive. Think <laughs> of the digestive family's three popular brothers at school. The dark chocolate is the eldest, destined to study medicine at Durham, the milk chocolate is sporty and fast and captain of the football team. The plain digestive is young and unproven, but all the teachers know his surname because of his brothers and secretly have high hopes. And the rich tea is the nerd cousin who just got stuffed in his own backpack and thrown in a bin. Oh, rich tea can be a bit cardboardy. Yes, unless it's dunked yeah. in tea. And then mm. if it falls in, disaster. Yeah. Might as well go and kill yourself. Anyway, mm. retro shmupper. Proper feedback now, sir. Yeah, here we go. Just, it's not. Oh God, really? Just saw this custard creams top. What is the ten pence arcade dunking biscuit of choice? Dark chocolate obnobs. Always. I don't. I don't dunk. I don't like it. What? I don't like tea, and I don't dunk. You're banned. Get out. Get out. Fired. Okay, Madsty. Just listen to the podcast. Happy to discover being 18 in 1998 makes me young. Well, we mentioned that on the what was it the. Uh, Windermere Arcade, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Something about that thing. Lesley, gents have been playing Centuries Cosmos 1981. Don't know if you know it, but it's worth checking out. This game needs more love. It's a version of Astro Blaster and not a great one, no, Mr. Mr. Dean. It's rubbish, dodgy slowdown version of Astro Blaster and nowhere near as good. It hasn't got the speech or anything. Well, it has. It's got the rubbish Century speech, hasn't it? Well, I, I played it in MAME. And I actually got an error message that I'd never seen before in MAME. What's saying? This game is rubbish, don't play it. No, some weird thing come up. So I restarted MAME and it kept happening and it slowed oh. down after that. So I think maybe it's MAME that's struggling with this game. I'm not sure about Leslie. I'm not mm. sure about that, lad. Liking this game. Mm. What good. Darren Dasborg, our mate in Australia. Great episode, guys. I was lucky enough to meet and chat with Tommy Tallarico this year. He's a real gentleman. He's the musician who does the, uh, the live music. Yeah. Also, Australia is starting to get their fair share of arcades, namely Bartronica. If you guys ever come down to the land down under, hunt me up and we'll go for a few games. <laughs> I'd love to. Bit far mm. to go, though, in our lunch breaks. Yeah, we, we spoke to Darren and he gave us a quick review of his local Bartronica in Melbourne, the Bartronica Arcade Bar. Yeah, we got some audio. And, and he told us a bit about, he interviewed this guy called Josh and he told us a bit, a bit about the Australian scene, which is very interesting. It is good, yeah, they love it down there. So have a listen to this audio here. 
guys, this is Daz from Retro Domination. I'm doing this interview on behalf of the Tempence Arcade Podcast. Sean asked me to interview the owner of Bartronica in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, here we go. We've got Josh here from G'day, Bartronica. Josh, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you. That's good. That's good. I uh, just, yeah, I was just past there tonight and um, had a nice little drink and it was lively as ever. Oh, excellent, mate. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. It's been a... Um, Passion of mine for a long time, mate. So uh, good. it's been good to open the arcade bar, but it's been great to uh, get all the machines down there and just see the smiles on people's faces. No, no, it's, it's really, it's got an awesome environment. But yeah, well, the first question, what was the inspiration to do this? Oh, look, I've always been a, a gamer since a young man. You know, we when I was a bit younger, we couldn't always afford um, to get the latest uh, Seegers and all that sort of thing. But um we used to hire them from the uh, video shop, the local video shop, and hire some of the games and just love the older games, the simplicity. I suppose my interest has stuck in the sort of early 1990s to mid-1990s period and love the 80s and probably not so much into the newer titles, but um, still respect what they've done. So, so um, how did you actually get started? I spent, spent a lot of time looking at a lot of different properties to find the right amount of space. Um, so we found a a very large space in the centre of Melbourne in uh, Flinders Lane with a beer garden and it was really a, a blank canvas uh, when we took it over. So uh, basically set to work with an architect looking at uh, designs of what we could do with the space. But uh, yeah, that started the very lengthy process that became the arcade bar. Well, what is your most popular, probably your, your top three most popular games? Uh, at the moment, uh, Time Crisis, Time Crisis 2, it's a great um, arcade to, to play. Probably number two would be NBA Jam is the number oh, two. Oh, wow. Yeah, so NBA Jam Tournament Edition, we've got the uh, Mint original arcade there and it's, it's really, really popular. It's incredible um, how well that machine does. Number three is an interesting title. It's one that's a bit exclusive to us, which is... Uh, Lucky and Wild. Yeah, people love that game. It's a bit of a Tango and Cash sort of inspired arcade and, you know, one guy shoots and um, drives and the other guy shoots. <laughs> it's a, Yeah, it's a classic game. I'm sure you've played it before. Yes, it's very, very difficult. Uh, fair call, fair call. Um, besides arcades, um, obviously you have consoles there set up. Yeah, so we've got um, a lot of our consoles and Nintendo 64s. For obvious reasons, four controllers, great um, selection of uh, solid multiplayer games. We've got Super Nintendos. We've got a couple set up at the moment. Sega Mega Drive, and we've got uh, Sega Master System and original NES. Uh, regarding maintenance, what, what is what, what does give you the most trouble there? Number one is people putting the wrong coins in the wrong. Uh, oh well. Wow. So yeah, in like as you know, in Australia we have a very rare coin, which is the flat-sided fifty-cent piece, mm-hmm. and you know most arcade coin makes are designed for either quarters, uh, which are round, mm-hmm. or uh, you know the uh, Japanese coins, which are all uh, round, the hundred yen coin, which is round. But in Australia we have the unfortunate luck of having a flat-sided coin, so all the old operators even sort of whinge about uh, the flat-sided coin and uh, it will absolutely give you grief if it goes in any machine. So we've actually gone to the extraordinary step of never carrying any 50-cent pieces in our cash registers. Oh, fair enough. It's smart. Number two problem is probably, oh, we get a lot of problems with the pinball machines. A lot of stock 
uh, stuck uh, balls in the pinball machines. Um, so, and then the rubber bands uh, snap with the pinball machines. Arcades, you know, you're always looking at the monitors. There's always issues with the monitors, degaussing, you know, different uh, settings, you know, that you might need to tweak. So that keeps me fairly entertained. Yeah, it'll keep you busy. Your barcade does have a pay-to-play, isn't it? So it's obviously not a pay-on-entry. Yeah, it's, it's pay-to-play. Um, the reason being, I looked up a lot about it and, and what the feedback was that if it was free play, a lot of people would just spend their time drinking and then they'd play the odd game, but the novelty factor wore off the games because people could just play whatever they want, um, whenever they wanted. Uh, whereas the coin play model, the best thing about it is, and we've found this, is if you're putting dollars in, you really, you really want to be there. You want to play the game. You want to win. The challenge is there, the high score challenge. It's basically we're trying to relive the model in the 1980s when people were trying to set high scores on Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and Space Invaders. We only charge a dollar Australian, which is um, quite reasonable for most of the games. Yes, it is. Yeah. Cool, cool. Do you have any uh, promotional events in the future? Uh, we try to run a pretty uh, big uh, selection of tournaments. Um, so we've got um, a Super Smash Brothers um, 64 tournament coming up in uh, just over a week. Um, so that's looking like it's going to be very big. We've got 700 people uh, coming to that at this stage. That's on Facebook, so we'll probably halve that and that'll be what we get. And we run a variety of other tribute days. Uh, we, we had a Back to the Future day. We've run other things, um, like when the Nintendo president died, we ran a bit of a Nintendo tribute then. We do a lot of, you know, Mario Kart, all the popular multiplayer titles. We've done some others with less success. We did Road Rage and we did Turok and we did a few others. Uh, we ran a Mortal Kombat tournament uh, and we've also run a uh, NBA Jam tournament and they were both pretty popular. Okay, um, just to finish it off, we'll talk about the Australian arcade scene. Do you feel that it's it's uh, building momentum here? I do think it is, Daz. Um, I think retro gaming's really uh, taking off. Like we've seen it grow from maybe a niche sort of a, a scene to a uh, much more popular scene. We transform people. So people come in and they go, oh, no, you know, I don't really love video games, but it brings out their inner child. It brings out something they've forgotten, they love, and, mate, that is just the biggest um, thrill we get. At the broader picture, um, like most places, the Australian arcade industry was kind of killed off by claw machines and, um, you know, people, obviously, operators chasing the dollar. They basically narrowed the selection of machines down to, uh, you know, Daytona USA and, um, oh gosh, if you're lucky, maybe like Tekken or Time Crisis or something like that. But uh, it got thinner and thinner and thinner until the current point in time now where you're lucky if you can find a Daytona. What what do you think from your gauge, what, what are the other common arcades you can find? Not that many. I mean, you have like your... You know, places like Playtime, I think, in, you know, certain shopping centres, Intensity, and, you know, a lot of them seem to be a lot more of those uh, those ticket machines. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, a lot of those, but, I mean, a lot of the games are a lot newer, like um, Elevator Action. Do you get into and, the Initial D and all that sort of stuff, or like the new uh, Mario arcades? No, no, that doesn't interest me whatsoever. The last the last car game I really actually enjoyed was Daytona. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually a great game. I mean, and I'm lucky enough, I actually have... It at my work in our in our um, 
fun room. As they oh, call. wow. Yeah, so that's quite cool. But yeah, I'd say, look, things are picking up. I mean, look, I mean, besides your, yeah, besides your bar, you know, there's there's a couple of others that have popped up around Melbourne as well. Mm. So um, th- things are looking good, especially for Melbourne. So, they are. You know. I think Melbourne's definitely the centre of the retro gaming in Australia. Melbourne is number one, and uh, yeah, we were we were thrilled to see a couple of other like-minded bars open up. You know, obviously, you know what I'm like. I don't like LCD screens, so that's my only thing that I would probably say to them is try to keep original uh, cabinets. But right. um, mate, anything that draws people to retro gaming, fantastic. Anything that draws people to uh, getting out of their homes and uh, getting out there and playing uh, arcades, for me, is, you know, a big thing, huge yeah. thing. So. And, and it's part of socialising and um, meeting up with your mates and having a good time, you know what I mean? That's so. it. That's it. Positive time with your friends. It's not, you know, gambling. It's not spending your time at the casino. It's about, you know, having great memories. That's right. That's right. Well, anyway, Josh, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Daz. Yeah, so, uh, okay, and thanks thanks for listening in, guys, and I'll give it back to the Tenpence Arcade podcast. See you later. See you, guys. Steve Monkey Chunk, another fine show. It was the poop. He's <laughs> yes. talking about Uncle Pooh. Retro Mash. Hi, guys. Can you tell me the best UK-US forum sites for asking questions about building main cabinets? So we've, we've mentioned UK VAC. Mm-hmm. And build your own arcade cab, B-Y-O-A-C. B-Y-O-A-C is a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're probably the best ones, I think, because a lot of people on UK VAC do make their own machines, me included. Yeah. And they do do a lot of, uh, you know, refurbs and and refits and tech sections, so that's probably the best place. But B-Y-O-A-C does the whole world. I think it's based uh, mainly by American users. Mm. And they've 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 done some atrocious looking cabinets on there, but they've also done some very very good looking cabinets as well. So whatever you're looking for, you'll probably find on there. Yeah, and if you are getting into the collecting scene, I can't recommend UK VAC highly enough. It's just such a friendly, helpful forum. Mm. Mm. I concur, sir. Yes, we both concur on that one. Yes. What does concur mean? Agree. Okay. Mm. James RGP. It was a pleasure to have Sean work work with us. And glad he captured a ton of it on the podcast. Watch out for his debut as a pioneering news anchor pressing hard interview questions at Jeff Minter, the pinball guys, and some nut job that runs the arcade section there. It wasn't exactly hard, hard, uh, hard, hard pressing interview questions at Jeff, but good ones nonetheless. I got an interview, which is great. Mm. Danny Frothmeister, I met a couple of months ago at Arcade Club 1.5 mm-hmm. or Arcade Club 2 or whatever. Whoa, nice one, guys. I've been cold turkey for the last few days after cramming in the previous 46 episodes and the 0.5s oh over the last three to four months or so. That's binge listening, that is. It's good, isn't it? Mm. Dedication. That's what you need. I finally finished listening to the 46.5 episode on Sunday night, I think. This will be the first one I've actually listened to as a current podcast, and I intend to keep it that way from now on. Not sure I can cope with only listening every two weeks. I've never actually listened to a podcast ever before 10 pence. Wow. So I think I might have to start checking out the others you bang on about. Thumbs up and bring on the YouTube channel. It is on the way. They take a lot uh, longer, though, them YouTubes. Yes. Tubes of you. We've got a couple of kind of test videos up that uh, you can have a look at. Hmm. Eric, hooray banana, our friend. Get those ROMs burnt for Sokoban, Vic. It plays miles better on hardware compared to MAME. That's the game that's been programmed to work on the Taito L system hardware. I will do that when I get two minutes to scratch my bottom 
I will do that. Right. Lewis Batcave, I've been listening to the podcast and my dog's ears keep pricking up every time you play them fart pooping sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hungar. Hungar. Great episode, guys. I got a shout out. I feel like I finally made it. Ha ha. I hunger. I hunger. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Neil1637. Hi, guys. Another tremendous tip-top transmission with some really interesting content. Good news about YouTube channel. I've already subscribed. It was good to hear about Vic's forthcoming garage conversion. Are you converting your garage? What are you converting? I'm converting it into a better arcade. Mm. And I am toying with whether or not to throw some cash at mine and make it a bit more homely. Yes, do it. Yeah, do it. Cash. And then invite us round. Yes, for games. I listened to Vic's comment about a pointy shooty games and up until recently would have agreed, but I seem to have been taking a liking for these, though from the uh, from the old to the brand spanking new House of the Dead 4 and the latest Transformer incarnation, admittedly these last two are the deluxe models. My kids love them. Also talking about pins and the only one I would own, for me it would be Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Never played it, but love to own it, but damn, they are so expensive. Why are, pins, why are pins so expensive? Lots of workings inside. I think it's because they're still being made and still making money. They're still yeah. very popular to this day. There was someone on the Stern Facebook page that said how many miles of wire was inside one of them. Oh, well, there's a lot in them, yeah. So in almost them. like, something silly, like two miles <laughs> of cabling inside them, yeah. Yeah, I could imagine that. Good to hear Sean contemplating a candy cap. Ooh, I am too looking to buy one. My first piece of Japanese loveliness, just waiting for the right one to pop up. The cave, in, the cave event in Paris sounded awesome. Mrs. M and I love Paris. Maybe a trip next year. Oh, yeah. I really like the new tech help section, which was pitched just right for me and looking forward to the next. That was a good one, that, wasn't it, from James? Yeah. Can't remember which of you was right, but the Commodore 16 was indeed a lovely dark brown colour. See, I thought it were black. It's oh, not, okay. was it? It's very dark brown, weren't it? Mm, poo colour. Sean, your, <laughs> your, your efforts on Uncle Pooh are legendary and deserve mentioning. I wish I could have loved it as much as you, but I couldn't, but I just couldn't. Diatech, diarrhea. Mm. However, compared to Tutankham, Uncle Pooh looks positively polished. Oh, that's, I see what he did. There. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> when, <laughs> wow. When the makers realized that their full name wouldn't fit on the arcade cabinet, they should have been the whole project there and then. We'll, have, we'll talk about that a bit, a bit later Listen on. Listen here, Neil. That's my job to give this game a good hard bashing, not yours. Yes. And finally, thanks for mentioning my DK build last podcast. Ooh. It's finally finished, so I have to play a decent game. Yes, nice. It's lovely. Mm. Ianski. Although it frustrates me, I really like Tutankham. What? Mm. I remember playing this loads at a local cafe, The Whim, back in the day on a cocktail machine. I thought the graphics on Tut's face were cool and his eyes were funny, but I never got past stage two. I seem to always like games most of the people dislike. Mm. You're right there. Nobody likes it, except <laughs> you. Paul from the Maximum Power Up podcast was good to hear you mention Boness on your show and the arcades as I went there in August and saw the machines and a Batman pinball in a the pub there. And he gave us a picture of the Batman pinball in a pub. Cine Steve, a great podcast as usual, guys. Can't believe the amount of hate for Uncle Pooh. Completely agree with a different branding. It could have been an all-time classic. Thank you, Steve. I want to see Uncle Pooh in a cab. That'd be excellent. Yeah, I, it would be good. We are talking about it last night. Was I talking to you? Or I can't remember how many people I talked to mm. about it. No. I want it in a cab. It'd be lovely. Yeah, be good. 
Benson Rad. Thought I'd best get my feedback up before I forget everything again. Ha ha. Another awesome podcast, as was 46 and 46.5. Going back to one of those, Sunset Riders is a fab fun game. Surprised, (laughs) Surprised Vic could not be turned around with his detest for the game. It's just meant to be a bit of fun at the end of the day and a coin guzzler. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah I'm not guzzling my coins, pal. Uncle Pooh certainly sounded a funny little game. Rick's little ramble over the Deliverance banjo battle song made me laugh <laughs> out loud on the train. I do love banter between you both. Even if I have no interest in the game, the banter keeps me listening and learning. Sean is slipping down the slippery arcade slope fast these days. Ha ha. What with a second cab now possibly on the way and what sounds like an 100% arcade social time. It does. It is actually getting that way. Yeah. Have you always been this hardcore? Would you say this is a result of the podcast? No, it is the result of the podcast. It's been gradually going up over the years. Yeah. My interest back in the old games. I was a modern gamer with dabbled in old games for years. And then the last two or three years, I've just completely scrapped off the modern stuff. You know, the old games, the first one's always free. Yeah. And then you're hooked. We've got you. (laughs) (laughs) The yoke of retro. (laughs) Like a league of gentlemen and Hillary blesses sausages. Ooh. Ooh, Hillary. Uh, It really must take up a lot of your time getting these together and all your travelling and research in the name of the game. Don't want you guys burning yourself out. Would hate to be without the 10 pence podcast. It's awesome. Well, what we'll do, right? We'll just try a little less hard. We won't do another anything. We won't do another podcast for two weeks after this. I agree. Mm. So right, that it. Tech tips. Great idea. I am sure that I suggested this section many episodes ago. I think Last he po- did. Yeah. 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 Last podcast is very interesting. One tip I'd like an idea on. Mm. And also the person who asked this in the tech section of recently is how to modify control panels in terms of making new layouts and how to possibly fill in one you no longer need. Let me get my arcade pen and I'll scribble that down right now. What if there is a big hole, for example? Put a joystick in it, I say. Podcast quality. Happier it's gone up in file size. But to be honest, I normally download it at work and it only takes about 30 seconds. I did 46 at home then. For the first time, it took 10 minutes due to my ancient 2003 laptop, which got me by surprise. But I just went off and made a cup of tea. Absolutely. Tea and podcast go really well together. Oh, yeah. Now you know I always hope for it pre-work departure at 5 p.m. Keep it at the higher quality. It's only at 128. It's only at 128 kbps, so it's not, not, you know, high, really. We're not not high fidelity, are we? No. No. Did you watch that film? Actually, it's one of my favourite films. I really like it. It's good, isn't it? It's so really cool. Music's ex- excellent. Mm. The ones where it dipped down were just a tad too tinny. Okay. Yeah, I think audiophiles can can hear that, I think. Yeah, especially my yeah. noise-cancelling headphones. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. So thanks for that feedback. like it. Yeah, thank you, Benson. Man. Another one from Neil1637. You can't get enough of that, lad. He's back again. He's back. Not sure if this will get to you guys in time for the podcast. It did. If he doesn't, then just ignore it. We're not. I just thought I should probably update my feedback in relation to this week's high score challenge. After initially slating the game, Tut, as just that, I grew up to like it, but not love it. Yes, it has its faults, some big ones, but don't we all? No, I do not. I'm perfect. (laughs) Why can't I shoot up or down? Why can't I stop walking and stand still? Do you know what that was? It's our new sound. 
it's it's my new disapproving sheep. Yeah, when the game it, gets a disapproval, it gets that noise. Mm. And this is disapproving sheep laughing. <laughs> Why do these annoying sprites swarm towards me in such a way that makes me so hard to shoot? Admittedly, I was egged on by an urge to beat level three. Never did, but came darn close beaten to the door by one of those blue buggers. But that is why I like your show so much, because get me playing games I would never have given more than five minutes to otherwise. So thank you, guys. P.S. If Sean beats my score, then I take all this back and you guys suck. Oh, oh. cheeky scamp. Alpha One, this just in from... We were on about this earlier. Yep. WTF, Holly. Star Castle is amazeballs. Vic, wash his mouth out with soap, please. I did. Mm. I, I liked the game. I thought it was okay. Mm. Not amazing, but pretty good. Especially for the time, though. If you imagine that game back in, like, 1980... Yeah. Would have been great, wouldn't it? Uh, I'm going to reserve judgment on that. You will like it, sir. I will play it I will push your face into the monitor and make you touch the buttons. (laughs) Sounds more like a duck, doesn't it? Disapproving duck sheep. Okay. Put put your sheep away. Do you know what it actually is? It's It's a a dog toy. You haven't got a dog. Why did you I'm, buy it? I am not entirely sure. We just loved... I didn't buy it. Waff bought it. We just You're loved Waff daft. Daft we Waff. Just, we just loved the sound of it. And then she liked it so much, she bought two more for her friends. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's the feedback done. Thank you yes. for the feedback, everyone. Keep it up. We love it. And let's do some shout-outs. Yay! Right, my shout-out is going to Darren Dasborg from Retro Domination and Josh from Bartronica for providing an insight into the Australian retro scene. Thank you, guys. Yeah, also very interesting what he says about the coins and everything. Yeah. And the pay-to-play model that he does mm. and not the free-play model. Absolutely. Yeah, I know Darren's been busy because they've had PAX Australia, the big PAX Australia show on, which he's only just finished as we're recording today. Oh, right, cool. So he's been really busy, but he took time out to do this. So thanks, guys. Hopefully he does a bit for his podcast about that. I'd like to hear about that. Mm, yeah, yeah. And also, Phil, last one up from Maximum Power, for giving me tips on posting images on, say, Facebook and Twitter and keeping the quality because sometimes when I post them, like our podcast image, it, it like, loses quality. It becomes all pixelated and rubbish. He's good at that sort of stuff, isn't he, Phil? Yeah, he's a graphic designer by trade, so he's ah, going to be some good okay. tips on how to keep the quality. So I will try it on the next image. It's a shame we missed those guys at the arcade club. I was hoping to see them. But they were there on Friday. I saw ah, them on Friday night. Yeah. Darn it. Yeah, it'd be nice to see those guys. Yeah. Right, for me... It's going to be, please, I hope I don't miss anyone out. Andy, Arcade Club, Gainer, Linda, Mark, James RGP, Bobby Idod, Tronads, I'm Jimmy, Mr. and Mrs. Studley. Nice to meet Sally and see her enjoying Star Wars and Missile Command. I saw her name on the Missile Command. Mm. And everyone else we talked to there and who was helping out. Also, special thanks and shouts go to Anthony Graham for trailing after us with a heavy camera on his shoulder, filming us loons messing about. and anyone else who was there that night who enjoyed the fun and also thanks to Sarge for being my wingman on the way up there to Arcade Club and see you lot and keeping me sane on the way back and also thanks to him for sorting out the hotel for us Tech Tips Right, this week's Tech Tips because I've got to rewire the edge connector on my jet fighter machine I thought I'd do edge connectors Mm. I think just about every arcade machine's got edge connectors. Some yeah. really weird old games have a number of different edge connectors. 
mm. and proprietary connectors rather than just one. We're not worried about those because there's not many of them around. I know most of them got, in fact, all of, of them have got edges. Yes, edges. definite edges. They're not round, they're edges. Mm. Yes. Is that your um, input on this part? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my tech tip. That's how good, that, that's how good it gets, I'm afraid. Enfield, shush. An edge connector may have been damaged, or you might have to rewire your game. You might even have an edge connector in there. It might come with bits missing. Most important thing I do is to get a good pinout layout of the edge you are wiring. So find a manual, go online, find some pinouts for the game. Crazykong.com is very good for finding pinouts and schematics. Mm-hmm. Even go so far as to get the game board you will be attaching to the actual game and putting it against the edge connector as it is very, very easy to wire the connector upside down or back to front. I have done this so many times. I mean, you've got to unsolder 56 different pins. It's a pain in the backside. Oh, yeah. Edge connectors have two sides. The top is usually called the parts side, and it goes to the top side where the PCB parts are, or the components, and the lower side is called the solder side, as it's where the parts are soldered onto the PCB. If there are keys on the edge connector which is a blocked-off part of the edge connector, this will have to fit into a blank cutout on the PCB that's going in there. This is done so you can't put the PCB on upside down. Mm. Because if you put the voltages into the wrong parts of the PCB, you can damage it, yeah, and you will break the PCB. But they don't all have them, do they? So it makes it tricky. They don't, yeah. There is ways of finding out which edge is edge, which is which, but usually it's quite, quite easy to find out. Is it pin 10 on a jammer? And a jammer connector. Seven. Damn. Ten, ten is the um, the speakers. Oh, I, was trying to I be am clever. such a nerd. I know that off by heart. <laughs> I'm sure lots of other jammer nerds are going. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that. <laughs> the most important part to wire up is the power wires from the power supply to the edge connector, which will power your PCB. Usually, plus five volts DC, plus twelve volts DC, and ground. Some PCBs also have minus five volts DC for some sound hardware. Older PCBs and machines may use some odd AC voltages, but we won't worry about those at the moment. My jet fighter would use AC, but I have converted the PCB to DC. Because for right. me, using a DC switcher is will last a bit longer, I think, and be less problematic. And also AC, I've noticed on some of the old AC PCBs, you've got burnt edges where they get very hot. Right. Mm. I think it's to do with the current. I'm not quite sure on that, but I have seen a lot of damaged ones before, ones that have been repaired. And mm. DC runs cooler. When you've wired the power wires to the PCB, you can check them with a multimeter. Set the multimeter to DC voltage and place the black probe onto any ground pins on the edge connector. The machine should be on at this point, so you're getting voltage through it, without the PCB plugged in. Touch the red probe on the 5 volt DC, then the 12 volt DC, and the minus 5 volt DC if present on the edges. You'll be able to see the actual voltage coming from the power supply to the edge connector. If the plus 5 volt DC isn't exactly plus 5 volts, you can adjust the switching power supply if you're using one. They've usually got an adjuster on there. Even some old linear power supplies have a voltage adjuster. Just adjust it slowly and keep an eye on the voltage on the multimeter. If the plus 12 12 volts DC and minus 5 volts DC are a bit low, this isn't as critical. At least when you wire the rest of the PCB up, you now have the power. It's going to be good. When you've plug the actual PCB in, you may need to just give it a little bit more, but then you should check on a chip the plus 5 volts. And we'll go into that at a later date. It's a bit more complicated, that. 
Yeah. But you're usually on the right lines if you've got five volts on the edge connector. And if you haven't, it's a bit low, you won't damage your PCB. You can next wire up the video lines, red, blue, green, ground, and sync. After you've worked these wired up, you could check to see if the PCB is given a video output. I then usually do the plus and minus speaker wires we talked about earlier. After yeah. this are the other various controls for the cabinet and inputs. Just make sure your solder points on the edge connector to your wires aren't touching each other. Even mm. use heat shrink if you want to make it a really nice job. Mm. So that, basically, is the way you wire a cab up. Mm. If anyone's got any questions or I've missed anything out, please feel free to write in and we'll, we'll talk about them next week. And you can do the same thing when you convert like an old game to a jammer game, kind of to work in a jammer machine. You've got to do a lot of soldering then, haven't you? Yeah, it's a similar kind of thing, really. But instead of soldering from your power supply and then to your controls to the edge connector and to your speaker to the edge connector and all that sort of stuff, what you do is you make an adapter. So yeah. it'd be a, a, a male into a female adapter... And you just adapt from the old pinout of the game you're doing to the jammer pinout, or vice yeah. versa. It's mm-hmm. quite simple, but you've just got to make sure everything's around the right way. Like I said at the start, if you get the PCB where it's going to go, you can actually look to make sure you're wiring it the right way around. Because when you do one side, it goes from right to left, like 1 to 26. And when yeah. you do the bottom side, it's Z to A. Yeah. And it's very, very easy to get them around the wrong way. And you wire everything up exactly around the wrong way. And that will not work. <laughs> I can tell you that. There's a little bit of extra tech here. Um, Robert McMullen, who was our friend from the Player Missile Atari 8-Bit podcast, he sent this in. Great show as always, guys. Never inappropriate to use dueling banjos and American accents. <laughs> and Sean, episode 46.5 was a fun listen. Sounded like a great expo. Love to hear about all those arcade games being set on free play. Did you find people knew the etiquette to not hog the machine? Just play one game and let the next person in line play. Mostly, yeah. Some Pretty people, good, some people not. I've, I saw a couple of times where some people hogging uh, Silent Scope was one example, but okay, most of the hogs. time, most time, yeah, it's okay. Anyway, for this, this it's wide in the tech tip section. For the tech tip section, I made a whole bunch of mistakes building my first cab. Vic would say I made an extra mistake by using an LCD rather than a real monitor, but you work with what you have. I'll put a caveat in there. I don't actually mind LCD screens in cabinets, especially in little bar tops, because obviously they're a lot thinner and you can get them in a smaller space. But what I don't like is wide screens. Mm. I think arcade machines, whether they're vertical or horizontal, should have a 4.3 orientated monitor in there. Yeah. I do not like wide screens, apart from the modern games, you know, the Vulix, the Street Fighter 4s, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I like those because they're meant for that sort of screen. But an original game needs to have a 4.3. You don't want it being stretched. It looks awful if it's stretched. But an LCD, mm. to me, is absolutely fine. It's a space saver. They're easily, you can find them easy enough, and they're no problem. Mm. Yeah. It goes on. For one, I have a woodworking tip. Use the router to cut the T-molding slot in the edges before you paint the sides of the cab. Or, at least, use the router from the non-painted side which he couldn't do because he'd foolishly already attached the mounting battens and the router wouldn't fit. <laughs> because I painted it first, the T-molding cutter dust got everywhere and was so fine that it embedded itself into the paint that he had to repaint. I used plywood, and I imagine it would be even worse with MDF. Yeah, it goes everywhere. And that was from Rob McMullen, host of the Play Missile podcast. Ooh, get in with his fancy plywood. 
<laughs> we make our cubs out of MDF over here because it's cheap. Cheap. Okay, let's go and have some drinks and let's have a musical interlude. What have you chosen, Sean? Well, this is a game I've been playing the Shoot 'em Up League, mm-hmm. which I didn't like, to be honest. Oh, we didn't like that one, did you? Very unfair, frustrating game. Mm. Gradius 2 or Vulcan Venture, as we had it. Yeah, okay. But the music was awesome. Yes, let's play yeah. some of that. music mm. right then shall we get oh do we have to do this bit we've got it i'm afraid i'd like the rest of the podcast this bit i'm not too keen on right firstly this game is called toot and Khan from konami 1982 but oh, yeah. it, it is the second game in a row that we actually agree on it is indeed. We have the same opinion about this game. Hmm. Should I just say rubbish and go on to the next part? No, I've got to, people have put some time and effort and played this, so we've got to, we've got to review Let's it. Let's do it some justice, shall we? Yes. Before we do that, I actually found an old advert about this, an old TV advert. Should we yeah. play it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's put it here. Poor old King Tut can't shake off his insomnia. What's wrong, King? Why are you so agitated? What ails you? I can't calm down. I'm worried about getting them pyramids finished and some little git keeps sticking my jewels from tomb. If only were there some sort of herbal remedy to help me. Well, now there is. The new Vertvik holistic medicine. Toot and calm. It's made from the finest beef crisps, cabbage and bog water. Sounds great. Are there any adverse side effects? No, it's totally safe. You may experience a slight release of energy, then an absolute calming effect. By the Sphinx, I'll give it a try. (sighs) Toot and calm. 
by Vertvik Holistic Remedies. Tell us about the game, Sean. Yeah. Yes, Tutankham Konami 1982, also licensed to Stern. Mm -hmm. The main CPU is a Motorola M6809 at 1.5 MHz, sound CPU is Xilog 780 at 1.79 MHz. Very technical today, aren't I? A 780? Is that like a Z80? Did I say 780? You may have done. Ah, oh, ruined it. Never mind. Okay. Sound chips, two of them. Yep. General, general Instruments, AY8910. I like them. They are very good sound chips. I use a load of those in arcade machines. Mm. Lots of them. And it is controlled with a four-way stick for movement and a two-way stick. Not four-way, as I said last time, like Ooh. a fool. It just felt like four-way when I was controlling it because the stick's got a bit of... The cab CPO's got a bit of wear on it. I think that's yeah. why I just had a little waggle. You know when you have a little waggle A wiggle stick? and a waggle. A wiggle of your stick. Mm. And it's got a flash button as well. One button which is uh, not not like like uh, alone in the park at night flashing, but a flash button. Yes, Tutankham. What kind of game is it? Well, I'll tell you, Vic. It's a left to right scrolling maze game. Collect keys to open doors and exit the vault. That's it, really. Mm. You've got to avoid asps, vultures, which look like hate beasts. <laughs> And bats, you don't like bats, do you? Not in games. I like no. real bats, they're lovely, cute little things, but not in, they're horrible in games. Mm. Ruined Co things. Collect treasure for extra points. Warp zones take you to another part of the level, usually in the in the line of sight vertically or horizontally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Enemies cannot go through warp zones, which is about the only fair thing in this game. Yeah. A flash button can kill all enemies on screen, but only one per life, depending on your dips, but the main one is only one per life. Yeah. Here's the thing, you cannot fire up or down. You can only fire left or right. Mm. And the, the defender style bullets are nice sort of trailing bullets, but they're slow. Yeah. So you, it's very hard to shoot all the baddies that are coming at you. So don't get sh caught in a vertical shaft of the maze because you can't fire up or down and you just get killed. You're knackered, yeah. You can't do anything about it. And to top it all, you have a time limit, which if you exceed it, which you very rarely does because you don't stay alive long enough, but it, no. it nothing happens except you can't shoot, can't oh, shoot really? your bullets. Yeah, so you can still survive for a bit if you can get to the exit. Oh, right, you I just, didn't you just that. Can, you just can't shoot. Yeah, I didn't play it long enough to find out that, actually. Mm. So being almost impossible to absolutely impossible, that's good of them, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it's really it's just a maze game, collect the keys, get out, collect the treasure for, for points you've got to get the treasure to get any kind of points because yeah. you start from 500 for the gold and that button go up to 4000 yeah from what i saw yeah yeah any secrets on plates what secrets yeah, don't play it <laughs> i knew you were going to say it's that pap yeah you've got to time your shots because you don't you don't get a fast enough rate of fire so you've got to time your shots you can't just be firing all over like a loon like i normally do yeah, when, when you fire, you can't... You, the baddies can actually get through your bullets. You've got a so, time. Yeah. If, you, if you keep firing rapidly, they'll actually get through them. I'm not sure if it's a collision thing or what, but it's, it's very unfair. Mm. And on, on, where we're playing on main and we're playing on a normal joystick with normal buttons rather than two sticks like the proper arcade cabinet at, our, at arcade club, yeah. you can actually hold two buttons down at the same time, left and mm. right. And it'll yeah. fire to your left and your right. But it does not help you one jot. 
It's no. best to, it's be, as you say, it's best to time your shots. Because when you, you actually shoot a shot and something's in your line, you will get it. But if you're just firing all the time, they'll get through it and you'll miss. Yeah. Which is a real bummer. Mm. And also there's open areas, not just like little corridors of the maze. And you don't sort of stay in those places too long because the bats will home in on you. They sort of come down at you at a funny angle and you've got to really time your shots to shoot them. So just land on top of you or underneath you. As I said before, get all the treasure because it multiplies up to 4,000 points that I've seen. Also, on later levels, I watched a YouTube video so I couldn't even bother to so play did it I, yeah, yeah. There are dragons, twirly things, which... Wikipedia, I think, calls curses. They're just twirly things. I thought they were butterflies. Yeah, evil butterflies. By curses and parrots. Hate beak too. Rich vengeance return of the hate beak. Mm, there's only four levels as well. well. I thought they were poisonous butterflies and curly fries. You decide. Curly fries. <laughs> Have you ever been attacked by curly fries? Oh, it's horrible. You get salt everywhere. Hey, guess what I had for tea? What did you have for tea? Cheesy chips. Ooh, nice. Do you like cheesy chips? I'd like to hear your opinion on graphics, sound, gameplay, control method, and improvements. I think the levels are badly designed. Yep. The mazes are rubbish. There's only four of them. And then you've got a backtrack. You get a key, open a lock. Two of the four mazes have two locks to go through. Yeah, you've got to come back way past through the game. And when there's a big corridor on one of the levels where you've got to go down, and obviously you can't shoot down. And I find there's so many spawning monsters every like second. They're just pelting monsters at you all the time. Yeah, you have to use your flash button, which is your get out of jail free card, as you're in the trouble, to get down that corridor to get back to get the key, and yeah. it's just such a bind to play the game. It's so much trouble to actually do a slightest little thing like get a bit of treasure or get a key. It's not worth playing. No, it's just too difficult. It's unfair. I don't think they play tested the game properly. Otherwise, I'm sure this game must have been a flop in the arcade. Because if I, when I was a kid. If I had 10p out of, say, if I was lucky enough to have a pound back yeah. then for 10 games in the arcade, and I put 10p in this, I would not put another 10p in it ever again in my life. I think so, yeah. I think yeah, I would. It's bad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, so to improve it, I would say... Firing up and down. Yeah, firing up and down, obviously. Faster firing. Yeah. Manual movement of the character. He actually scrolls like Pac-Man. You he cannot stop like him. He plays like Pac-Man, yeah. He keeps going. So if you're... So this enemy's coming from the left and the right. You've got to keep going left and right, jiggle, jiggle, to keep him in the same place while shooting. Yeah. And it is a real pain to do. Mm. So there's no real control on the guy. There's no real control over the fire. And I think the the baddies, there's so many of them, and they they move really, really quickly, especially the the curly fries, butterflies, whatever they are. And, yeah, I just it's just a really rubbish game. I didn't like it at all. I kind of like the the theme of it. I like the Egyptian theme. Yeah, I did. I like the graphics, and I like the the little bursts of sound that you get. Yeah, they're okay. I think that's because of the decent AY chips in there. But the game, to me, that was badly designed. They didn't test it properly. And why didn't they give you up and down in the fire? The yeah. joystick was there. Yeah. I'm sure they had the leaf switches already in the joystick. They probably had to disable it so you couldn't use up and down. Just give us some up and down fire. It would have still been hard, but but I think fair. so. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if you left the enemies mental like they are, like in Defender, you know, yeah. you've got lots of enemies. And then in Juno first, when people things are coming at you all the time, but if you've got a, a rapid rate of fire, you can remove them quickly, which is fair enough. But at least let us fire up and down. That's a real disability, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think there's some kind of defender inspiration in this game where the bullets have got those those trailing defender bullets. I'd say it's more to do with Juno first because that was a Konami game. Yeah, well, and, well, I think that's inspired by Defender as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a vertical Defender. So it could be like the same programming team. They've got a Defender love, and they might have just, you know, pop this out in their lunch break. Let's do a crap game. Come on. Yeah, that'll do well. No, it mm-hmm. won't. Honestly. Yeah. So, even moving on to the flyer. Yeah. That's like a lazy flyer. It's just like a silly pyramid picture, and then they've got this bizarre interview where they've interviewed Tutankhamun. Yeah. On the you know what else is real funny as well? I think you forgot to mention it earlier. The, yeah. game, is called, the game is called Tutankham because there was something to do with They were going to make it a horizontal game and it was Tutankhamun. Yeah. Or Tutankhamun. Yeah. And they couldn't fit the words on a vertical screen, so they just chopped the last two letters off. Yeah, that's, yeah try and change that the... says it all about this game. Lazy. Yeah, they couldn't even be bothered. Yeah, when they flipped it from horizontal to vertical to change the... Yeah, to change, to fit the word in. How many points out of 10 would you give this game? I would give it... Minus 500. I'd give it three for graphics and sound. Yeah, I'd give it two. Because it offended mm. me so much. <laughs> this is the worst game we've ever played on the podcast. In, in all my mm. years, it's the worst game I've ever played on the podcast. <laughs> and there's, there's not even any original ideas in it, right? Yeah, and I've played Rolling Thunder. And I've played Megazone. Megazone, that was the first game as a listener that I, I picked. And it's great. I should have banned you there and then for that. Carrington and Mike liked it. Yeah, so the actual cab is not that bad, really. The cab like- looks really nice. The one arcade club is a lovely looking cabinet. But it's just the game in it that's the problem for me. Yeah, the marquee's nice. The yeah, control panel's nice. But they have a straight, they've got a sword as the side art. And a, sword? No, a sword? A sword. A no sword? There's no swords in it. There's no swords in it at all. Not unless those bullets are supposed to be swords. Oh, I don't know. No idea. Nice. I like it. I like the cab. This game as well, for some reason, was ported to everything. Yes. Atari 2600 got a version of it. ColecoVision got a version of it. Intellivision got a version of it, which is really slow. The Mm. video I watched on the Intellivision version was really slow, but Intellivision, on most of the games, had speed settings as well. You could set different speeds on it. I think they were playing on the slowest speed. And it was like watching treacle fall down mm-hmm. a wall. It was so boring. <laughs> the VIC-20 had a version. I think I had this game. It looked familiar when I looked at the video for it. And ports for the Odyssey 2 and the Atari 8-bit family of computers were developed by Parker Brothers in 1983, but were not published because it's terrible. Mm. There is a YouTube version of the Atari version, though. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. So something happened. It probably got finished. Yeah. The original arcade game is one of the games available on Microsoft Games Room. And it's also available in Konami Classics series. I think I've got that on the... Game Boy Advance, you know. Right. And I never play it because it's poo. And it was renamed to Horror Maze on Nintendo DS. Horrible Maze. Horrible Maze. That'd be better, mm. wouldn't it? Are we even going to bother with this? We might as well bother with this scoring because our friends on Twitter have all had a go. Yeah, Bless them. right. Bless their little hearts. Let's do the scores. Just to point out that the Twin Galaxies world record by some mental person... million points. I'm not sure if I can believe that. Not because I don't believe Twin Galaxies. I love Twin Galaxies. But I don't believe someone would play it for that long. They must have had some sort of weird death wish. Maybe they they had a curse. Mm. Tutankhamun's curse. Could be. Uh, We played it at Arcade Club, didn't we? We actually played it together, live, to try and get a score. Mm. Can you even remember how much we got? 
It was below 20,000. Yeah, I think I got like 15,000 maybe. I, I did get 44,000 on it on Friday night. Did you? Yeah. Oh, Lord. That was, that was, that was hard work. It really mm. was. So, scores. From the bottom to the top, Andrew yeah, Anderson, 19,920. Yeah, Dan Smash, 33,780. And he said, oh, don't get me wrong, it is kind of garbage, but credit where it's due, it's not without its merits. No, has no merits whatsoever. Cine Steve, 35,060. I'll try to play a bit more, but this game is tough as old boots. People moaning that you can't shoot up and down, but you couldn't shoot at all on Pac-Man. No, but you could eat the ghosts. Yes. In your face, Cine Steve. <laughs> Silly Steve will call you from now on. <laughs> right. In third place is me. Okay. 49,000. What did you get, Vic, by the way? You've not even put a score in. Meh. Right. Disapproving Sheep says... That's what a score I got. Yeah. We disapprove. Well, about about 30,000, I think, at home. Right. But pff, who cares? I got 49,560. Well done for sticking at it. You're I a know. trooper. A you trooper, I trooper. I, I shut I got, your eyes and just hope for the best. I got to the end of level three and I got one key and I couldn't get out of the corner of the level to yeah. get the other key. So I just stayed there and shot everything and slowly built my score up. I think I got another like 10,000, I think, before the time ran out. Yeah. I, I did the bit where you go into the blank area and go back for the key and did the main bit. The, the first Is that the first level? That's level two. I've done level two. That's what I did. Right. So that's roughly yeah. how far I got. It's probably F30-ish then. Who else has been playing with us? Neil, 1637, is in second place, 49,960. It's mm. cack, but somewhat compellingly addictive. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes, yeah, it's like I- Ianski. Some people like like games and we don't like them. Yeah, I talked to um, James RGP the other night at Arcade Club, and I said about it, and he said, oh, it's just hard. I said, no, it's rubbish, it's broken. No, no, it's just hard, I like it. So he likes it as well. Okay. Uh, mm. In first place... Is the guy that chose it, Mr. Ian Cullen. Banned. 65,000. What a score. 760. And he's put, apologies in my defence. I chose from the list on the website the only game I recognised. He did first choose Mr. Do's Castle. And then he put, oh, if I'm going to choose off the website, I'd choose Toot and Calm. So we've actually... It was our fault. We're half responsible for this. Oh, no. I'm going to flagalagalate myself for that. Don't do that. <laughs> Flag a leg. Overall thoughts. Yeah, well, shall we do my thoughts first? Go on then. Because I've drawn a picture. They're rattling, around, they're rattling around your head. <laughs> We've going to not... put this picture on the website for people look, so please have a look on the show notes to see inside Sean's silly head. Yes, I've done a diagram, right? A diagram, and sir? And it's called The Calamitous Yet Truthful Scales of Frustration. Yeah. And it's a pic- picture of my head, with a, complete with chin glove, yep. with some scales in it. And Tutankhamun is in my head. So, on one side of the scales is, en- <laughs> is enjoyment. On, on the other end is frustration. So, obviously, you can see from this very technical diagram that frustration is heavier than enjoyment. And it's, it's like weight. A, it's like a face pie chart. Yeah, it's weighing heavy on my mind. So Absolutely. I'm going to use this chart in all games now. I think you should. 
So if there's more frustration than enjoyment, the balance is wrong, I'm not playing it. Mm. I'm switching it off. Well, what a difference between this maze game and last week's maze game. Yeah. Uncle Pooh, so much better. Mm. Do you know what else I've been playing lately, as a little aside? I've been playing Turtles. When I went to Sarge's in the morning on Saturday to pick him up from his house, he flicked his uh, electrical MIDI cab on, and he's got an arcade SD board in there, which is a bit like a MAME thing. An emulation. Yeah. And he had turtles on there. You know turtles I like? Turpin 600? Yeah, we'll, we'll eventually have to cover that because you do like that, right. don't you? And I had a go. I got to level four on it. It's a really oh, cool wow. little game because it's a maze game, but not like Pac-Man. Well, not like me playing Pac-Man because I don't know what I'm doing on it. I can't control the monsters and I can't escape. And I'm not very good at it. This one, I do have a little way of doing things. And it's a great little game. It's got really cute little music, real cute little silly graphics, old school and I really enjoyed it. We sh- I think that's going to be my next game, you know. That or... Banku, Paniku. Banku, Paniku, Paniku in the Banku. Yeah. And there's some little notes from me at the bottom as well. I just yes. added the other day. You can actually miss with your shots, which we spoke about. Your guy keeps running like Pac-Man, and there are far too many baddies. You don't get a chance. The bad guys are too fast, especially the poisonous butterflies. Worst game we've ever reviewed. Seems broken so. and obviously wasn't playtested. This must have been in the flop in the arcades because you can get re-killed in less than a second when you die. If you respawn <laughs> and get re-killed, <laughs> re-killed in less than a second. So, uh, wah, wah. Not great. Let's cheer ourselves up. We're looking at some art of side art. This is a beautiful machine that tell me about it i've discovered again forgot about it for 20 years and then someone posted a youtube video of a walk around of it mm. and it is edot the environmental discs of tron cabinet are you hearing and, this andy we'd like to see one at arcade club please and we will do a link to the youtube video by a guy called super techno boy and he's just doing a walk round of the cab and he's gone all the way around the back of it, the lighting. There's lighting in the floor. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. It's a really... It's, I, not, I can't remember seeing one actually switched on for a long, long time. But I know some people who've actually got the cabin and I've seen it in its off state. And you can just tell it's something special. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, looking, I'm watching the YouTube now. Yeah, there's like... Actually, is it lighting in the floor? It may not be. I think is there it? is. There's black lighting yeah. everywhere on it, all over the place. And the control panel is gorgeous. It's amazing. You think Tron's good, but I mm. think this has gone one level higher. Yeah, this is one of the, it's one of the grails for people. This game. There's not many yeah. of them around either. There wasn't that many made, and it is um, a massive thing. It comes in two parts. It's so big. yeah, yeah. And so you've got- everyone, look at that video, and you'll know what we're on about. I'll post a quick picture on there. Hopefully, with it with it being on. Uh, and people yeah. should look on the video we've posted on the, on our page. It's actually a kind of, it looks like a cushiony seat that you lean against. It's a cabinet that you stand up in. Yeah, and you lean your bum on it, yeah. Has there been anything like this before? Can you think of anything else like that? Sinistar came in a, a cockpit version. Yeah. So did Spy Hunter. Yeah. Uh, there was a version of Missile Command in a cockpit as well. That's ultra rare. Yeah. And there's a load of driving games, that sort of stuff in there. But the ones you get immersed in, like like Star Wars as well. I recently yeah. paid round at Martin's house the other week. I, I'm not sure if we spoke about it, but I played Return of the Jedi, 
which was actually factory fitted into a Star Wars cockpit machine. And it's quite it's a nice little game. It works well with the uh, the control yoke. And because the sound yeah. is in stereo and it comes from behind you, it gives that extra element in the game, which is actually quite nice. I liked it. I love the digitized sounds in that. Yeah, the, it's the, good. The, yeah, the speech. I love it. It's, it's actually a decent game, I think. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, this machine, I'm still looking at it. it. There's like flashing lights everywhere. It's just beautiful. That would be a lovely showpiece for Arcade Club if they can get hold of one, but they are ultra rare. This even even it's open the back panel and even that is amazingly clean. Mm. There's, there's even flashing lights in the roof of it. Excellent. Do you know you're, you're talking about um, UV lights? They're black lights. Yeah. I've recently emailed a company that do UV carpets. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> UV carpets. Yeah, because I'm I'm going to do my my arcade garage up. I'm going to make it a little bit better. And I've got sort of got a cheesy stripy carpet in there at the moment and it's quite good it's quite a fun looking carpet and that is the same carpet that was in our hotel you know ah <laughs> the other day is it still in the hotel or is it in the back of Sarge's car I, I stole a garage shaped bit of it to put mm. very nice and these these carpets have got like um, space rockets on and zaps and, and stars and moons and when you shine a black light and it all glows it's like UV I think they're going to be very expensive but I have Ask them just in case because a few of the people on the UK VAC forum who are interested in them as well. So I've asked for everyone how much the, the carpet's going to cost. Very I, nice. I'd love to have that in the arcade, it would look absolutely brilliant. <laughs> okay, let's do some releases from this month in history. Hit it. Okay, okay, we are going back 15 years to October 2000. All these games were released on Naomi Hardware in October 2000. They must have had a push on them. Mm. Cannon Spike, Cracker, Confidential Mission, which I've played at Batcave, Death Crimson, I think it's OX. It won't be Death Crimson Ox. That'd be a big ox. That'd be Jeff Minter game. Death yeah. Crimson Ox. <laughs> Is that what an ox sounds like? Probably. Could be. And Sega Strike Fighter, which is that massive three-screen thing. Oh, okay. I've never heard of Cracker. I haven't. October 1990, 25 years ago, Majestic 12, also known as... Super Space Invaders 91 from Taito. It's a good game. Yeah. It's a or revamp of Space Invaders. I like it. Or the cow game, as Mrs. Holly says. Yeah, you got to pick up the, they pick up cows and you've got to shoot them to get your cows back. Yeah. It's a really neat little Space Invaders. I like that game. And October 1980, the, the, the fantastic era in arcades. The Leviathan. 35 years ago you've, you've got berserk oh. you've got pac-man western oh. release so it was released in the west in 1980 uh, sorry in october i think it was august maybe even as early as may was it in japan mm. not, not sure you've got rally x oh, brilliant and you've also got space zap which oh, we is love one of our favorites zap. yeah saw that in arcade club the other night looking lovely it is a great cabinet mm. You can only play it once and then your hands hurt for the rest of the night. Yeah, you do beat yourself to death on it. And I've got a pinball from 45 years ago, oh, October Lord. 1970, Aquarius from Gottlieb. Okay. That's a cool little table. I like these old tables, as you know. Love those themes. Love yep. those old themes. They're brilliant. And that is it. Right, one more thing to do. Mm. And I'm a bit worried about this one. Next show's game, and you are going to pick it. Yeah. Go on, what I, is it? I think it's been far too long. Panicoo, panicoo. No, no, oh, no. It's been far too long since we've had a 
full-on vertical shoot 'em up. Oh, really? I, I didn't. Do... I didn't think you were going to do that. <laughs> I, I do try and resist it as much as I can, but every so often I've got to play one. Go on then, let's do it. And this is a beautiful work of art. It's not just a game. Everything about it is perfect in every single way. Are you going to marry it again? Uh, well, I've got to get divorced from 1942 first. <laughs> Or do that. What's what's the word when you marry two things? What's that called? The bit not bigamy. What's it called? Bigamy. Yeah. Po- is it polyg- bigamy? Polygamy is more than Polyga- two. I think that's just mm. greedy. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I've got ten cabs in my arcade. Oh lord. <laughs> Tell me what game it is. I stop keeping us in suspense. What game are you going to play next time? Batsugan from Toaplan, the game that defined tropes of the bullet hell genre. It did. You were playing it at your house of the day on your tiny yeah. little laptop screen. Yes. And it looks good. I like it. Looking and forward to playing this one. Yeah. Can we play the special version ROMs? Because they read, they sort of, they released it in 93 and then they did the special version in a 90, 1994 at the Japanese arcade show just before they went bust. So it was never released. Oh, but okay. the actual ROMs are out there where the hitbox is smaller and the game is slightly easier. So it's easier for us to play. That's good because a lot of these old Toa Plan games are rock hard. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's still rock hard. Yeah, but this is a bit more playable, you think, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. That's good then. So, Batsugun, everyone. Batsugun. The, the rules and stuff are on the website with all the dip switches and all that sort of stuff. And I uh, hope you enjoy playing it. And... I will talk to you in two weeks' time. And so will I. Ta-ra! Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you, for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.